ಸದ್ಗಮಯ ತಮಸೋ ಮಾತಿರ್ಗಮಯ ಮೃತ್ಯೋರ್ಮೃತ ಗಮಯ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಓಂ ಲೀಡ್ ಮೀ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಅನ್ರಿಯಲ್ ಟು ದ ರಿಯಲ್ ಲೀಡ್ ಮೀ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಡಾರ್ಕ್ನೆಸ್ ಟು ಲೈಟ್ ಲೀಡ್ ಮೀ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಡೆತ್ ಟು ಇಮೋರ್ಟ್ಯಾಲಿಟಿ ಓಂ ಪೀಸ್ 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 ಟುಡೇಸ್ ಟಾಪಿಕ್ ಈಸ್ divine grace and self effort sangracharya in the vivek chudamani says durlabham trayame vedat devanugraha hetukam manishyatvam umukshutvam mahapurusha samshrayam samshrayah these three things which are rare indeed and are due to the grace of god are a human birth the longing for liberation and the protecting care of a perfected sage so three things human birth the desire for liberation and the protection of a sage perfected sage these are extremely rare and only due to god's grace we get it so this verse shows how uh, important or the uniqueness of the human birth it's a rare privilege among all the living species human beings alone have got the capacity to go beyond the organic level and seek the higher dimensions of life that's why swami vivekananda says this human life body is the greatest body in the universe and a human being the greatest being man is higher than all animals than all angels none is greater than man then he continues according to the jews and the mohammedans god created man after creating angels and everything else and after creating man he asked the angels to come and salute him and samaji continue saying that all of them came and saluted man except um one and he became the satan Beer, behind this allegory is the great truth that this human birth is the greatest birth we can have even the angels have to bow down to human beings so we already got the grace of god because we have got a human birth a rare human birth and <clears throat> also we have got a light, very little inclination for or desire for liberation we don't say it's strong but slight this desire is there for liberation freedom so we already got the grace of god we have got a small capital to start with now it's up to us that we work hard and increase it instead if we just sit on it without doing anything that little capital will dwindle down almost to nothing <clears throat> about such people who don't put in effort to attain freedom sagradaya says they are committing spiritual suicide 
because they have got this rare opportunity i said and because of the grace of god and we are not making use of it so what we can say may said of them other than they are committing suicide spiritual suicide there is a um parable of gold coin that jesus has given a rich man he was going away to another place on some official work so he called his servants and gave each one gold coin and asked them to invest it and give it back when he comes so on his return he called them and asked what did you how much did you um gain so the first servant came back and said i invested in some uh trade and i got 10 gold coins and he gave so he was very happy you are a good servant so i'll be i'll put you in charge of 10 regions or 10 villages to look after the second one came and said here yeah, i going gain 5 gold coins good so i'll put you in charge of five then the third one came and said here is your gold coin that you gave i kept safely it didn't do anything then <coughs> he's um, and he the reason is oh you are a very hard man you will take what doesn't belong to you and the master was so angry yeah, at least you should have put it in the bank so i could have got the um, interest from that you didn't even do that so take that gold coin from him and gave it to the first one who had already got 10 then the other said but he has already got 10 then uh, the what the master said the jesus gives us as as, as the uh, result or the uh, lesson that we learned from that story i say unto you that unto everyone which hath shall be given and from him that hath not even that he hath shall be taken away from him those who have those who are tried hard they'll get more grace those who haven't done anything with what you got even that will be taken away so we already got this grace of god by getting a human birth and if you don't make use of it even that will be taken away a devotee once asked holy mother how we can attain god realization by doing lot of japa and meditation and prayer can we attain holy mother said no it's only through his grace but one must practice meditation and japa that removes the impurities of the mind she gives both <clears throat> by just by doing practice japa meditation and prayer you can't have got realization so only through his grace so does that mean that we sit quietly wait for god's grace no at the same time mother mother says one must practice meditation and japa that removes the impurities of the mind because if the impurities are not removed the mind is full of impurities how will it receive the god's grace we have, we have, we know the story of that um professor and the chinese sage the professor came to ask some questions with his to clarify his doubts and the sage invited him for tea 
and the stage started pouring tea into the cup. Cup became full. Then he continued pouring, overflowed onto the saucer. From the saucer, overflowing onto the table. From the table, he started dripping onto the floor. The professor could not contain him anymore. He said, sir, the cup is full. Oh, it is full. He still poured. Then professor said again, it can't hold anymore. Can't it? It cannot hold anymore? Then he turned to the professor and said, the same with you. Your mind is already full with prejudices, biases, preconceived ideas. So it can't take any whatever advice or explanation I gave, nothing will go in here. Our minds are like that, full of impurities. So God's grace, there's no place there. That's why Holy Mother says, <clears throat> practice of meditation and japa purifies, removes the impurities of the mind. So we have to struggle hard to remove the impurities of the mind for that self-effort or self-reliance. Purushakara is very important. Nobody can do that for us. We have to do it ourselves. Just like if you are hungry and another person eats food for us, that won't appease our hunger. Or you are sick and the medicine is bitter. No, I don't want to take the medicine. You take the medicine for me. That won't heal me. It won't cure me of the sickness. I had to take, even if it is bitter. So we had to work hard. Nobody can do that effort for us. We have to work hard. <clears throat> of course, we can take help from cooperation from others, help from other human beings. But the responsibility, the main thing, main task is for us to do. So in the early stages of spiritual life, self-effort is very, very important. Just like as a young person should work hard to establish himself or herself in life, earn money, set up family, and strive to be successful in one's field of action, the spiritual aspirant has to work hard to mold a strong character based on ethical and moral living. That's the first step in spiritual life. Then we reach a stage where we naturally turn towards God, to spiritual life. But in the first stage, the self-effort is very important. That is uh, referring to this first stage, early stage in spiritual life, where self-effort is important. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. You have to ask, you have to seek, you have to knock. Without doing that, sit quietly, nobody will give you. Nobody is going to give, give me, bring it on a plate and give it to you, you, hand it over to you. You have to work hard. <clears throat> but there are people saying who say that, oh, the circumstances are not favorable, the people around are not good, I can't practice spiritual discipline, finding all sort of excuses. That surely shows their lethargy or weak-mindedness. They are like people who wait for all the waves to subside before 
plunging into the sea or ocean for a swim oh let the waves uh, subside then i'll go it won't happen the waves will be there you have to get in into the waves <coughs> there is a sanskrit saying udyamenahi samsiddhi karyani na manorathehi nahi suptasya simhasya pravishandi mukhe mrgaha great things achievements can be attained only through effort not by um um manor by building castles in the air or by dreaming day dreaming it don't happen it's like a lion lying sleeping with mouth open hoping that some prey will enter the mouth it don't happen we have to work hard if you are sitting before without working hard putting in effort saying that oh i'll attain uh, greatness i'll attain, attain glory it's like way in the, the, the like like the lion hoping that an a prey will enter my enter the mouth it won't happen we have to work hard and improve ourselves achieve ourselves greatness <coughs> or oh, whatever we want to achieve that's why shikshna says in the gita uddhared atmanatmanu na atmanam avasadayet atmave hatmino bandhu atmeva ribratmanaha raise yourself by yourself don't let yourself down for you are your own friend and you are your own enemy raise yourself by yourself don't let yourself down that's first part all right then he says you are your own friend and you are your own enemy how can you be your own enemy we all love ourselves how can we be be enemy to ourselves then shri krishna explains that when one has conquered oneself that is the mind sense organs are well disciplined one becomes one's own friend if we if we have got our mind and senses well disciplined and controlled then we are our own friend when not so disciplined one becomes as it were one's own enemy but if our mind and senses are not disciplined not under control then we become our own enemy <clears throat> this is almost like a, um, uh, similar to the chariot imagery given in the katha upanishad the katha upanishad says the body is the chariot the senses are the horses pulling the chariot the mind is the rein the intellect is the charioteer and the soul the atman is the right this is the master of the chariot and the sense organs are the pathway now if the reins are slack if the charioteer is not alert then the reins will fall slack and the horses will go its own, their own way there is no control they will like to go wherever they want but if the if the the intellect the charioteer is alert then the charioteer will have the reins tight the mind will be under control the intellect is alert mind under control then the senses the 
horses will be under control and the journey will be smooth and will reach the destination so all the components needed for the successful journey are with us the mind the intelligence intellect and the senses all this needed is our effort to control the senses and the mind and direct them properly so that we become the master not the slave that not that the horses decide the journey but we decide the journey only by practicing spiritual disciplines with regularity and perseverance can we gain this mastery over the mind once a devotee asked ramkrishna do we have to practice these spiritual disciplines all through life he replied master ramkrishna replied no but one must be up and doing in the beginning after that one need not work hard in the beginning of spiritual life we have to work really hard later as you as you advance a lot then you can don't have to work so hard then again he says the wind of god's grace is incessantly blowing lazy sailors on the sea of life do not take advantage of it but the active and the strong keep the sails of their mind unfurled to catch the favorable wind and reach their destination very soon now which category do we want to belong to the lazy sailors who do not unfurl the must their sail and let the breeze of grace just blow away or we want to be the active sailors the intelligent sailors who unfurl the sail and catch the favorable wind it's up to us <clears throat> to take advantage of the breeze of this divine grace we have to unfurl the sail that means to put in effort now spiritual practices without being self reliant without being uh, exerting ourselves there's no success in spiritual life we cannot have success <clears throat> and there are people who say oh oh god i have surrendered completely to you please be gracious to me without doing any spiritual practices they are the lazy sailors they have unfurled the sail and how can they get the breeze of uh, the divine grace their self surrender they say i have surrendered everything to you their self surrender is not genuine it is the result of tamas they don't want to exert they are too lazy too immersed in inertia tamas to exert themselves but we are told that if we take one step towards god god will come 10 10 steps towards us he his love for the devotee is so great that it's like the attraction of the needle towards the magnet you take one step god comes 10 steps towards us for but for that we have to be a true devotee that means you have to take the first step if we don't take the first step how can god come he where to take the first step <clears throat> and that is why they say spiritual life is for the strong 
the self-confident, the self-reliant people, not for weaklings. It's not for weaklings, those who are mentally, physically weak. No, it is for the strong, physically, mentally strong, self-confident, self-reliant. That's why the Upanishad says, this Atman is not attained by the weak. Swami Vivekananda in his lectures, he stressed this idea of strength again and again. In one of his lectures, he says, strength. Strength is what the Upanishads speak to me from every page. This is the one thing to remember. It has been the one great lesson I have been taught in my life. Strength, it says. Strength, O oh man, be not weak. Are there no human weaknesses, says man? There are, says the Upanishads. But will more weakness cure, heal them? Would you try to wash dirt with dirt? Will sin cure sin? Weakness cure weakness? Strength, O oh man, strength, says the Upanishads. Stand up and be strong. So it's only for the strong that spiritual life becomes successful. It's not just physical strength. We need mental strength. We need strength of character, strength of talents, capacities. And only when we have gained such strength can we practice self-surrender. To practice, to practice surrender to God, we need greater strength. We all know that we um, ex uh, practice, do exercise and strengthen our muscles by regular practices. So in the same way, we have through regular spiritual practices, we have to strengthen our mind. Regular practices of meditation, japa, prayer, worship, service of other beings. All these are practices, spiritual practices that we have to do to strengthen our mind. And these should be done with faith. Not just mechanically, but they should be done with faith. The firm conviction that these practices will help me in my spiritual progress. <clears throat> and more importantly, we have to have faith in ourselves. I will be able to attain freedom. I'll be at, I will be able to attain liberation. That conviction should be there. Again, Swami Vivekananda says, we can see that all the difference between man and man is owing to the existence or non-existence of faith in himself. See how important is the faith in oneself is. <clears throat> All the difference between man and man is owing to the existence or non-existence of faith in himself. Faith in ourselves will do everything. I have experienced it in my own life and I'm still doing so. And as I grow older, that faith is becoming stronger and stronger. He is an atheist who does not believe in himself. In another place, Swamiji says, the 
all religions said he who he does not believe in gods and atheists but modern religion of he swamiji says he who he who does not believe in himself is an atheist along with strength and faith we need perseverance for achieving success we may stumble we may even get frightened looking at the thoughts that come up from our subconscious mind we may feel that oh am i going further down going backward in my spiritual practices when i started it seemed that i was much better now so many bad thoughts comes to our mind we get frightened they are all coming up from the subconscious level <clears throat> the all the teachers tell us that that's a time when we have to hold on to our practices and persevere because the more these thoughts come from the subconscious mind and we don't just um, we don't re- react to it just observe and let it go they will um, pass maybe they they will go out of our consciousness they won't harm us anymore and the more it comes from the subconscious the better the subconscious will be cleaned the faster so this um holding on to spiritual practices with patience and perseverance is very important milarepa the 11th century buddhist tibetan buddhist says those who wish to be strength enlightened must practice meditation with perseverance and effort the those who wish to be enlightened must practice meditation with perseverance and effort and with perseverance and effort even the most formidable obstacle will be overcome that's the result if you persevere the most formidable obstacle will be overcome see <clears throat> look at a drop of water how soft uh gen uh, what's a or soft it is but that drop of water over the time can break a granite stone drip 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 one day suddenly the the rock breaks into two <coughs> perseverance that's the importance of perseverance the most formidable obstacle will be overcome now the question come why should, why should we have to do all these things can't the guru help us can't our spiritual teacher um help uh, take us forward can the spiritual our guru give us self realization or god realization guru can help us guru will help us but the journey we have to do ourselves guru has traveled the spiritual path he or she knows the obstacles the pitfalls the dangers and so can protect us and also lift us up if we fall into one of those pitfalls help us to rise rise again but the actual journey we have to do ourselves nobody can do it for us journey has to be undertaken by ourselves and again this journey is important <clears throat> only by traveling that spiritual path ourselves we become prepared this that journey prepares us for the final 
realization. Suppose we are climbing the Mount Everest. We go to the base camp. After a lot of practices before preparation, we go to the base camp and stay for a few days and then go to the camp in the other first camp, second camp. Each place you stay for a few days. We need to acclimatize ourselves to that, to the cold weather, lack of oxygen. Suppose somebody drops you straight at the top of the Mount Everest, straight from the plains. You won't be able to survive long in that um, atmosphere with the height and the lack of oxygen, the cold, you won't be able to do that. This journey prepares us for that. In the same way, this spiritual journey, our struggles, effort, stumbling, falling down, all this prepares us for the final experience, the self-realization. We can see this in the life of Swami Vivekananda himself. When Narendra came the second time on his second visit to Sri Ramakrishna at Dakshinesha, Sri Ramakrishna touched him. Narendra lost all outer consciousness. He, was, he saw everything just disappearing, everything around him, the walls, the room, the Kali temple, everything is disappearing. And he got so frightened and he shouted, what are you doing to me? I've got my parents at home. And Sri Ramakrishna touched him, all right, all right. And the moment he touched, everything was back to normal. The same Narendra, he was not ready at that time. He was not ready for that high experience. The same Narendra, a few, few years later, at Kosipur Garden, he had an experience of Nirvigalpa Samadhi, where he could not find even his body. When he came down a little from that experience, he could see only his head. So he, he was asking the person who is sitting, meditating next to him, where is my body? Where is my body? And later, after some time, he went to Sri Ramakrishna. And then Sri Ramakrishna said, now you had the experience? And Narendra said, yes, it was so such a blissful experience. I want to remain immersed in that. See the difference? The first time, he said, what are you doing to me? And now he says, I want to remain immersed in that. He has traveled the path and became ready for that experience. <clears throat> Only by practicing through self-effort, we can gain this experience. We become um, fit to have that experience. And all these great teachers show through their lives how much effort they have to put in to gain self-realization. Sri Ramakrishna, in his life, you can see he practiced spiritual disciplines, Indian sadhana for 12 long years. How much he practiced day and night without sleeping without eating, forgetting his own body, he practiced. Buddha, he made a firm res um, resolve. I'll, I won't move from this seat until I have self-realization, enlightenment. Even if the body uh, crumbles into dust. Bodhim, Bahujanma Dullapam. 
നൈവാസനാത് കായം ഇഹസ്ചരിഷ്യതി ടിൽ ഐ ഗെറ്റ് എൻലൈറ്റൻമെൻറ്റ് വിച്ച് ഈസ് ഡിഫിക്കൽട്ട് ടു അറ്റൻ ഈവൻ ഇൻ മെനി ലൈഫ് ഐ വോണ്ട് മൂവ് ഫ്രം ദിസ് സീറ്റ് വിത്ത് ഫേം റിസോൾവ് ഹിസ് ആറ്റ് ദ that that's the um type of resolution fifth uh, determination that we need but when if we say they are all incarnations or great teachers prophets why should they have to do all so much of spiritual practices it is not for their sake they have done it to show us how much you have to strive hard this mainly to set an example to us after long long practice of spiritual disciplines the seeker realizes that god realization is not possible just by his or her effort it is possible only through divine grace so what's the point of doing all these things spiritual practices then to come to the realization that we can't have re- um, god realization through our effort it can come only through god's grace <clears throat> then we come to the final stage or later stage of spiritual practices spiritual life surrender we surrender to god whatever we have we continue with our spiritual practices but now we are not asking why i am not having realization i wait for god's grace to come <clears throat> to realize this that god realization or self realization can happen only through god's grace we have to struggle hard self effort now the question arises is there any law for grace so maybe we can say yes and no yes it means we have to do spiritual practices put in effort as said earlier purushakara self effort to remove the impurities to remove the impurities through self effort spiritual practices meditation japa prayer all these things then you become able to gr- receive the grace but still there is no rule for grace just because you have done so much spiritual practices you think that you have removed the impurities from your heart you should get um, god's grace we can demand god's grace no god's grace comes according to his will <clears throat> then again samaji says the very fact that you are interested in having god realization or you have come to he was speaking to his disciple sharatam chakravarti the very fact that you have come here don't you think you have got god's grace isn't it because of god's grace that you have come into contact with nagamahasya nagamahasya is one of the um disciples of shri ramakrishna he was an embodiment of humility and self surrender he practiced self surrender 
to such an extent that we can say he didn't have any will of his own. And Girish Chandra Ghosh talking about Nagamahasya and Narendra, Swami Vivekananda says, <coughs> Maya cast her net, Divine Mother cast her net to catch people. He caught, she caught everybody in her net. Only two people she could not catch. One is Narendra. He became so huge. His personality, he became so huge that she, Maya could not contain him in her, in her net. And the other one is Nagamahasya. He became so small. His ego became so small, it's almost erased that he slipped through the meshes of the net. So that shows Nagamahasi is an, an example of ideal household devotee. <clears throat> he wanted to become a monk. He wanted to give up his uh, household life and become a monk. Sri Ramakrishna said, no. Seeing you, people will know how to live in the world. He never, uh, he, did not, he did not allow his monastic disciples, you know, household disciples to become monks. He said, no, you live in the world and show people how to live unattached in the world. And Swamiji says, because of Nag Mahasaya, the whole of East Bengal, because he, he was from East Bengal, the whole of East Bengal had become blessed. And his, this disciple, Sarajanari Chakravarti, came into contact with Nag Mahasaya and that's how he came to, he, Nagamasya directed him to come to Belurumat and meet Swamiji. And so Swamiji saying, had it not been for God's grace, how will you come into contact with such a great soul as Nagamahasya? And because of that, you, have, you are here. So you already got God's grace. We don't realize. <clears throat> These doubts come to us that, oh, why doesn't God give me his grace? I have practiced so much. Even that is a, that doubt is the result of God's grace. Otherwise, we wouldn't care. If the God's grace was not there, we would not have cared at all. Even to feel that we should have God, God realization or self-realization or progress on the spiritual path. This doubt comes, this question arises because we measure, we or we are trying to measure spiritual states from our mundane worldly standard. <clears throat> As Sankaracharya says, even this desire for freedom is God's grace, through divine grace. In the first verse he said, Manishuttam, Mamukshuttam, Mahapurusha, Samshrayam. There are three things which are rare and only two through God's grace. One first one is human birth. Second one is desire for liberation. We may say, oh, I don't have that much great desire for liberation. Well, we have got a very tiny spark. Even that tiny spark is through God's grace only. <clears throat> Not everybody has got that, even that tiny small spark of uh, desire for freedom. Sri Krishna in the Gita says, among thousands of people, perhaps one may strive for self-realization among thousands 
thousands and thousands, perhaps one may try. Not that also is not sure. That shows how rare it is this desire for freedom, and the very fact that we have got that desire or love for God shows that we already re received God's grace. <clears throat> there is another misconception about um, God's grace. People think that if you have a devotee, if you are praying to God, if you are doing spiritual practices, that means you are God's. Oh, you said that you have received God's grace. All right, that means I should not have any more sufferings, miseries, troubles. No, because I got received God's grace. Doesn't happen. The sufferings, sufferings and miseries continue. We are. We won't be just because you have received God's grace. We'll, we won't be free from sufferings and miseries. Only difference is it gives us the strength to face those sufferings and miseries, go through them without breaking under them. That's the difference. Look at the example of famous example of the Pandavas. They had so much of sufferings and miseries, but they held on to their faith. That is why uh, after the battle, when they all went to see Bhishma, the Pandavas and uh, Krishna, along with Krishna went to see Bhishma, they saw Bhishma weeping. And seeing, then they asked, what's the matter? He said, these Pandavas have got Krishna as their close companion always. And still, there is no end to their suffering. So I am surprised, thinking, and I am shedding tears, thinking that I don't understand anything of God's ways. Why they have got sufferings, I don't understand. But they have got God's God as their companion all the time. That means they are, they are God is showering the grace on them all the time. That doesn't mean that their sufferings will go away but they have got the strength to face those sufferings. That's what happens. When we have God's grace, we have the strength to face those sufferings and go through them without breaking under them. A true devotee does not pray for the sufferings to, the, the sufferings to be removed. Rather, we'll pray for the strength to face those sufferings. The Nobel laureate Rabindranath Tagore, in one of his poems, says, Lord, give me the strength to bear thy standard to whom thou hast been pleased to give it. Give me devotion to bear the greatest pain that is unavoidable in thy service. Thou mayst fill my heart with great pain. I do not want even to get rid of this gift of suffering that thou art giving me with thine own hands. This misery will be my crest jewel if with it thou givest me also devotion to thee. See what he says. I am happy to have the suffering because you are giving it with your own hands. The suffering has come from God just as the pleasant things come from God. God has given the blessings. The same way God is, is giving us the suffering also. 
I'm happy for both. But only one thing I ask. With that, you give me devotion to you. Give me also the strength to go through that. <clears throat> through God's grace, the impossible becomes possible. When grace is there, there is nothing impossible. That's why in the meditation on Bhagavad Gita, there's one verse which says, Mukam karodi vajalam pangum langhayate girim through your grace, the dumb become eloquent. Who cannot speak, utter a word, become an eloquent speaker. A person who is crippled will be able to mount, climb the highest mountain through God's grace. There's nothing remains impossible. <clears throat> we may say that does not stand to reasoning. How can God, this is a law of nature, how can it go, go against it? God is beyond all law, beyond all reasoning. Because reasoning is all within Maya and within the laws of nature. But God is the creator of the nature. He is the creator of those laws. He can he is beyond the laws. He is not bound by the laws that he has made. He has made the laws for the nature, the creature, the, the, the world, the universe, which is his creation. He is beyond them all. <clears throat> so the person who on whom his grace descends also goes beyond all the laws, says Swamiji. So real reliance on God comes through self-effort, purushakara, and that makes us fit to receive the blessing of God, to unfold the sail and catch the breeze of blessing always blowing. Thank you.